like yeah, I'm, go, I'm going to bed. I'm going to bed. If I'm still awake by the end of the episode, it'll be amazing. It'll be remarkable. I'm really tired. We just before you came on, Matt. We were just this, this. This obviously we're seeing into the pillows. We we can see the pillows. Yeah, uh, cushions. Pillow I haven't chat. counted them, I'm afraid, but I can just make up a number. It won't be far off as long as it's three figures. Well, if you stay oh. awake, there may be something to to revel in later on for for yeah. cushion chat. But um, yeah, yeah there's a, the predominant colour there. I'm not quite sure. It's white to me. Uh, I mean, not really. The, the, there is in this immediate shot, but I can see green. I can see turquoise. I can see yellow. I can see tur. Uh, yeah, kind of teal, but that's turquoise. Red, bit of pink. Yeah, there's quite a few. And that's I'm just, just the bedroom. It, that's just the bedroom. Yeah, I'm just trying to check also what the colour of your pajamas are. Ah, uh, well, green. Let's not let's not tell the listener that because otherwise they'll work themselves up into such a frenzy. <laughs> I want to know when you climbed into them. I climbed what time in. of night. Well, he's been for climbed a ride today. One. So did did he have yeah. Did you get you know freshen up, have a shower, and then just don your robe? Yeah, that's <laughs> exactly ride. what I did. Yeah. I came back. I had a bath. I watched the um, I watched Luton Manu in the bath on my laptop. <laughs> Josephine was out. Put my um, put put my pajamas and dressing gown on, and that's it. End of. Can we just say we want to, for for our listener? Yeah. We not recommend having electronic equipment no, like no a laptop whilst you're in the bath. I think that health and safety message is important, Stu. Well done. I think yeah, it is. No, no. A, a, a Hitchcock. Remember the Hitchcock used to do those, those small, like, 30-minute ones? And there was a guy with a radio on the side of the bath, and the cat came in and pushed the radio into the bath and killed him. Oh. Well, I have a... Uh, Lozor might remember this, maybe, but I have a practical example of that very thing. Lozor, do you remember Chris Carter? No. School. Chris Carter, so this was probably Chris was, I don't know, 14, 15 when this happened. So what's that Is this now? going to be, is this going to I'm be sorry, tragic? Be I'm sorry, it is, because Chris <laughs> oh, no. Carter's brother watched oh. the TV in the bath, and that was in the old days, obviously plugged in, you know, big massive yeah. TVs, plunged it on the, on the edge of the bath, and it fell in, and he electrocuted himself. Oh, my God. Oh, well, obviously. Bloody hell. But yeah, so... um. Take care, Andy. Next time you uh, decide to watch uh, Man U, yeah, Man U Luton, Man U Luton as well. I mean, yeah, it's, it's not, not it's not a good enough reason to go. It's not one it? to die for. <laughs> Actually, it was quite a good game, but the the um, it's quite a good. All Luton games are good. I strongly recommend watching Luton. Obviously, I, I don't want them to. Uh, I don't want them to survive in the Premiership because that probably mean Forest wouldn't. But I, all Luton games are good. They're they're just like the the heroic team of the of the um of the season i think uh but obviously if we'd actually started the podcast i wouldn't recommend it i wouldn't even say that i had an electronic device in the bath but we haven't started yet have we matt so obviously well 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 it depends what ah, it all depends what stays <laughs> in you say i know you're, you're sort of you're sort of helping me along there aren't you to I see am. what will stay in yeah exactly i should yeah. say you are listening to For the Love of Pog, <laughs> a podcast mostly about cycling and not about health and safety health advice. And safety. <laughs> and listening or watching, listening to podcasts or watching television in the bath, especially Look, Premiership football clubs. Just I, feel, I feel like I feel like I need to. I feel like I, I need to qualify it now because I have a stool 
and the laptop is on the stool at the side of the bath. It's not over the bath. So if it fell, it wouldn't fall into the bath. And also, it's not connected to the mains. So that that's where your bigger risk is. I'm looking to Stu as obviously the uh, the person that first raised the health and safety issue. Is that? Do you think that's all right? Or, or yeah, shall, yeah, we, yeah. Wet fingers. I'm not sure Wet Stu's fingers completely trying to turn, you know. Yeah. Anyway. Well, I say, I, I, well, look, I am here. Three. Three. Loz is here. Three. With Three. Thank, thankfully, Andy is here. <laughs> yeah. And Stu is here. Yes. Yeah. Now, uh, I'm going to have a go at this intro. You probably <laughs> might know what's going You've been talking about it all week. Coming. So, yeah. yeah. So, look. So, please bear with me here. Be kind to me. Shall I do the, I, in, I, shall I do the music for you? Because <laughs> the day-to-day music went... And then you talk. Okay. It's o'clock at Pog o'clock. These are the headlines. Today, this day. Spring classics replaced with baking contest. <laughs> Hammersmith Bridge reopens for snail racing and Pog spotted on the bins in Peckham. But first, the news. Long-standing London frame fondlers, Brixton Cycles is urging people to donate to save the business from certain commercial death. The bike, sh- <laughs> the bike shop. <laughs> which suffered its worst financial year in 2023 is struggling to pat- to patch a big financial hole and has launched a crowdfunder for its survival. Brixton Cycles has served some of Britain's best pro cyclists, including current national road champion Fred Wright, who shared the crowdfunder on his Instagram, as did comedy genius and cycling lover Chris Morris. The crowdfunder raised over a third of its £30,000 target in the first 24 hours after it was launched. But not everyone is so chipper about the crowdfunder's chances. On hearing the news of this potential cycling calamity, one concerned local resident, (laughs) James Gooseman, said he didn't like it. But he'd have to go along with it. Those <laughs> are the good. headlines. That is the news. Happy now? <laughs> Very good. I tell you what, Matt, there's not there's not many moments that the listener is going to remember, but that's one of them. Definitely a memorable podcast. There was moment. almost too much uh, actual news. I think yeah, it I needed know. a bit more kind of Oh, I, I did cut it down a bit, to be honest. Yeah, anyway, I, got, very, I had to get in something you know, about the news of Brixton Cycle, yeah, didn't I? So. Yeah, we did. I mean, that's taken you all week. Well done. Well, I thought I'd been thinking about it for a while. I did chop a lot of stuff out, so uh, almost nothing of the original ideas stayed in there. But uh, there we go. So yeah, I, I always good. used to love the line "Happy now." It was Happy now. Very, very I know. <laughs> so I did mix there. If you've noticed, a bit of on the hour. Brilliant. And day to day, bit of brass eye, bit of partridge. It's all Lots there. Chris it's, Morris as well. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It was a. So there a, we go. A black comedy soup. <laughs> yeah. Superb. So, Brixton Cycles, nearly 40 years. Obviously, what yeah. do we think? You know, it's terrible. No, another cycling shop, isn't it? Cycling going shop, by the way, yeah. so potentially. They've been threatened. Yeah. It's been struggling for, for a while, though, haven't they? If, if I remember a few years back, they were, they were under threat again uh, for some reason. But it's yet. Yeah. It's very sad. 
I mean, obviously, I think here is a real opportunity for sponsorship for us because I think we'll probably be all agreed that Brixton Cycles is a great thing and should survive. Obviously, the downside is they they wouldn't be doing a crowdfunder if they had lots of spare cash to sponsor podcasts, would they? So obviously, that's probably not going to happen. But um, I do think I I really hope they survive because it's a great shop, Brixton Cycles. Really good shop. Really nice, generous with their advice. And I don't know if he still does, but the guy, one of the guys who ran it, I think lives on my street. I've just remembered. I haven't seen him for a while, but I, I think he does live down the road. Doesn't the trouble stem from a power cut they've had for three weeks? So that's a hell of a power cut. They must have been watching football in the bath with an electronic device or something because, I mean, how the hell can you have the power up three weeks? Yeah, I don't know, but it, it would be a, it would be a real shame. I mean, it's, it's, tr- it's trouble is it's like any so many small business, particularly retail businesses, have got into trouble post pandemic because everybody's buying habits have changed, haven't they? So you know, like all those big. Well, I mean, I, even the big online cycle retailers struggled i think what they did there was that huge growth in cycling uh in people buying bikes and stuff uh and so they probably all struggled to supply and then they all built their inventory and now they can't sell that because everybody's bought it the sad thing about brixton cycles in particular is that it's um you know a workers co-op so obviously it's sort of you know a nice business model but you know again if it's not you know, if the bike biz, bike shop business is not doing well, then it doesn't really matter how you're running it, does it, I suppose? It's just hard to make ends meet. But anyway, what we should do, Matt, if you're able to do this, is put the link to the crowdfunder in the show notes, because obviously that will boost their uh, crowdfunder <laughs> by, I would think, at least, at least a fiver, if not more. Well, I think we should all maybe make a contribution to it anyway. But yes, yeah. we'll, uh, we'll definitely put them in the show notes. Yeah. Well, I've got three bike shops in Tinnington. We've got Halfords and two independents. Mm. They do repairs and sales. And one that's doing all right, he's quite miserable. And I've stopped going there because <laughs> he's a miserable git. <laughs> His work's all right, but he's just miserable. I don't like so, that, um, that's like our local one. He's, he's an ex an ex-pro cyclist, I think. But it, I, mean, I don't think he is miserable, which is very quiet and very uh, not very chatty. No, mine's so, miserable. He's right. almost boring. He's, he, yeah, he's teaching on being actually quite rude in some cases. So I went to the other place, which is run by young guys, and they were just really, really friendly and chatty. So if I've got something I can't do myself, I'll, I'll go to them now. But I mean, for me, the problem stems from people, you know, this this crowdfunding, great, you know, and, and good for them. And as you say, Andy, it's a, it's a cooperative but the fundamental problem is people buy things online and they want to buy things from Amazon. And this is what's mm-hmm. going to continue to happen with all sorts of stores. You know, so you're just sticking a plaster on it, really. People mm-hmm. will still buy online because they can get it cheaper, get it delivered. And, you know, essentially lots of people are just buying from one store now, which is Amazon. Yeah. Um, and as that trend continues, things will just continue the way they are and it'll get worse. It's a grim, it's a grim but probably true prognosis, Stu. That's the trouble. It's really, really hard to survive unless you're an online business and you're very competitive. It's very difficult. Yeah. Uh, I mean, um, the very least, though, is not being grumpy, I would have thought, <laughs> if, you're gonna be in that, if you're in that line of business. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, it's not easy. Maybe don't be grumpy. I don't know. Exactly. Customer service. That's what yeah. it's all about. I think they've got to find a sweet spot, though, haven't they? Because most people do need their bike fixing and would probably 
not everybody wants you know it's a real not hard anybody i think wants to fix their bike so you people do want that kind of ease but i always find it's it is a bit overpriced like i had a burst tire went into one of my local ones down in peckham and i needed to get back and was in a bit of a rush so i did just dive in there and buy the inner tube and get it done and get it sorted and yeah great he did it within 15 minutes it's 30 odd quid don't get me started on bike tires because Bike tires are more expensive than car tires. It's ridiculous, isn't it? I don't understand that. There's so, you know, there's like a fraction of the mass of the materials Mm. and uh, and they're more expensive. I don't, I don't understand that. How much? I don't don't understand. Pay for your bike, for your bike tires, Andy. 40 quid. No, yeah, but I mean, you can't get a car tire for that. Well, I tell you what, you can. It might not be a very good car tire. You're probably not allowed to go over 50 miles an hour on it. No, I mean, it, I, I'm exaggerating. But that is your upper end bike tire, though, isn't it? Yeah, really? it is your upper end bike tire, yeah. Yeah, what's your upper end car tire cost? I mean, I imagine they're talking hundreds of pounds, aren't they? Probably. I've no idea. I've never paid more than about 60 quid for a car tire. Did, Lord, did you say you paid 30 pounds for a puncture repair? It was like 25 or 30 quid. Yeah, I think about 25 quid. So that was the tube, which was probably six, six quid. And then 20 quid's labor for, for the for the less than 15 minutes it took to, to get it done. I'll do it. Next time, bring it round. I'll do it. Well, no, and I would have done, I obviously do those things myself, but I was, I had to get it done quickly because I was racing home and it, there was just, it was just the easiest thing to just dive in there and do it. But I was expecting, you know, what was I expecting? 15 quid max, maybe, yeah. you know. Last time I paid was about fifteen pounds at the London Cycling Workshop over in Chiswick. I think that I think that the tube plus a tenner, I think, was what they what they charged me. Yeah, but it's about yeah. proximity and about um, the you're, like you were saying, Stu, the things you might might do yourself, and then the stuff that oh, just I want it, I want a you know a proper overhaul. I mean, Ruben's bike needs to be serviced, and I'm thinking now, where do I take it? Really, there's nowhere obvious to take it, and it's just not a convenient thing anymore. So I just don't think, if you think about it, there aren't, there's never been that many bike shops, have there? They're not everywhere. So when you lose one or lose, mm. lose a couple, it makes it yeah. feel even worse. And I will only go there. Stu, you're right, the Amazon thing. I'll buy stuff online. But then for bike servicing, obviously you can't buy that online. It is a really interesting question, though, with the, with the rise of people using bikes and, and that, you know, take away the people that are using the, the electric bikes in terms of the higher bikes. But... If bike riding has increased in city, in major cities, but bike shops or repair shops or that kind of easy, simple thing hasn't increased, has it, at the same rate? Uh, no, that's a good point. I wonder if the kits also are more reliable than it used to be as well, because tires that's are a, a good lot. Point. Yeah, tires are a lot less uh, prone to puncture than they were. I agree. Kits better, but also people are really watching what they spend now, aren't they? Let's be honest. Yeah. They're pretty more likely to go online onto YouTube and work out how to fix it themselves, out of thought, than, uh, as you say, spend 15, 20 quid for 15 minutes' work, times up by an overhaul. I mean, that, that, that runs into hundreds, isn't it? If you get a proper, proper, um, you know, certain. I mean, I bike. suppose that is the beauty of the bike, is that, you know, compared to a car, less things go wrong over, yeah. over to, you know, there's, there's, there's so, not really so much that's going to go wrong if you keep it generally a bit clean. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I wouldn't worry about your spending 20 quid, Loz. I think that's just, that happens once, you know. Well, I pay, like exactly, I paid years. tax. It was, a, yeah. it, was, it, was a, it was an emergency tax that I just paid. And I like them, and I will name yeah. check them. That's... I've actually, I've got a bad stuff. No, I haven't, I won't. Uh... 
I won't say that. We won't, we won't lose that potential sponsor there. Oh. <laughs> well, the sad thing I about Seabass is they I went... Pull back. Pull back's fine. Well, they went down the whole Look Mum Knows Hunting when they first opened, and they had the cafe, and they were showing bike racing, and they were kind of trying to do that thing. And I think that maybe lasted for about a year and a half, or maybe a bit longer. And then they got rid of it, because obviously... it wasn't generating that kind of cycling culture to get people to come and gather, which I think is a real shame. I mean, I used to love Look Mom No Hands. That was absolutely brilliant place. And it's, there is a shame. There isn't uh, more. I mean, we used to go to Cadence, Matt, didn't we? In Crystal Palace a few times. We did. But it's, again, as cycling has increased and sports watch, I mean, probably hasn't, watching sports cycling maybe hasn't increased, but having that kind of space where you could go and hang out and meet for your pre-ride and all that kind of stuff. There isn't that many places in London that have popped up. There's more probably outside of London on some of the routes that, that we go, but um, it's odd that in London, it hasn't brought more of those kind of spaces where you kind of gather to watch cycling and kind of meet and then go on a ride. You've reminded me about Seabus actually about the cafe when it first opened. Um, I was a regular customer there. I used to go and work there a lot. Yeah, because to, it was a really nice place to hang out. The good coffee it wasn't ridiculously priced. Yeah, have a look around stuff. You'd every now and again you'd buy something else. You know, you buy things from there because you think, well, I'm going there anyway, so it made sense. But they just they even I thought they might just keep the coffee machine. You know, well, exactly. You might, yeah. you might hang on yeah. to that anyway, but they didn't. <laughs> and now it's just a big space with more frames, and you don't really. It's almost a. I wouldn't say wasted space, but it isn't even doesn't even feel that bit doesn't even feel like a showroom. So it's a bit of an odd no. setup now, no. and I'm not sure why I'd go in there. But maybe I should go and get the bike service. But if they're going to charge me third, charge you twenty quid for a a um, no, their service a, a is puncture actually quite repair, good. I probably won't do it. No, their their service is pretty good in there. That's Seabus cycle. Seabus, about to say, right? I'll just uh, I'll pull that back again. I'll uh, I'll be I'll be coming down to see you soon, Seabus, uh, for my uh, my son's uh, bike to be serviced. I think this 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 actually sparks a, a wider debate about the role of cycle shops and cycle communities, though. So maybe we can pick that up on another episode in the future. We should indeed. Now, look, I mentioned earlier on a brilliant idea, I think, uh, about snail racing. But there are, as I understand it, no plans for snail racing on Hammersmith Bridge. But Hammersmith Bridge has been in the news recently. It has reopened for cycling. Now, guys, I don't know if, if only we had you know, a Hammersmith resident to tell us more. Andy, do you know know anybody? Well, Hammersmith Bridge has been closed for five years, I think now, um, because they, um, well, they first discovered it was not suitable for motor vehicles, wasn't, couldn't carry the weight. I mean, it's been on and off for years, but um, uh, four or five years ago, when it was first closed, they closed it to motor vehicles, but kept it open for bikes and pedestrians. And then they closed it all together because they discovered a crack that meant that they felt like it could probably give way at any moment. Um, and then they reopened it a firm, you know, probably nearly two years ago now to pedestrians and you could walk your bike across. Uh, but the main carriageway has been shut for the majority of that time. And last week, last Tuesday, the main carriageway reopened for cycling. So you can now cycle your bike across for the next 10 weeks kids so get in there quick because otherwise it's going to be shut again to cyclists although 10 weeks in hammersmith bridge history probably to be honest about six months because hammersmith bridge weeks are generally longer than a normal week so what um, why why only let them why why in that small period what's that because they paused the stabilization works because of 
boat carrying West Ham fans crashed <laughs> into the underside of the bridge. What? Yeah, that's true. It sounds implausible, but it's true. Um, so they were going they, to a Fulham match, weren't they? Yeah. They were they going to. They took uh, the boat boom. down to Fulham. Yeah. They were going to Fulham. Yeah. And they. Um, they were, uh, there's quite a lot of, if you look at it, there's quite a lot of videos of it online. It's comic because the the tide was quite high and the bridge, the boat didn't actually have space to get underneath. So it broke one of the girders underneath the bridge. So, so, Hammers, so Hammersmith Bridge was hammered by the hammers. Yeah. <laughs> While they were oh, hammering it. Listen, he's on fire, isn't he, tonight? There. Shall we all just stop talking? I think we should all just stop talking and let Matt go because I don't think there's any. None of us are going to get close to that, are we? Well, the only thing I'd add to that, Matt, is if the if the boat sank, they'll be forever blowing bubbles, wouldn't they? Oh, Oh, wow! Here we are. He's just he's just trumped Gout Van Aert. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I think we might have to call it a night now. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's it. it. Stop, stop There's now. nothing we can add. Protect the recording. Uh, well, I'm actually, I'm actually just watching the clip of this. It's absolutely hilarious. What the the, the boat? The, yes. Uh, I mean, seriously. Um, but uh, and they're playing uh, Chelsea on the fourth of May, so it's probably they'll get the they'll get it fixed just about in time for the West Ham fans to be back in West London. But the um, yeah, I mean. Obviously, there's a massive kind of local Ferrari because everybody wants it reopened so they can drive their Range Rover back across it. And it's just not suitable. It was a a suspension bridge that was modelled on the bridge in Budapest. It was, in fact, the same architect and built by Bazalgette, you know, the the engineer behind much of London's Victorian infrastructure, uh, the sewers in particular. And the... um, you know, it's a beautiful bridge. I mean, it's one of London's most beautiful, but it just is not suitable for taking motor vehicles. So I suspect it will never open to traffic again. That's my guess. Because the price tag, the latest price tag to do the stabilisation work while running a temporary bridge through the middle of it to return traffic to the bridge and then take lots of bits away and restore them and bring them back and refit them is £250 million. <laughs> wow. That's quite a wow, lot wow, for a bridge. Wow. Think about how much cycling infrastructure you could do for yeah, that amount of money. Yeah. 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 They should just make it a cycling bridge. Exactly. I think we were chatting about this, weren't we, Andy? Yeah. You know, having, what was it, you know, little cycle sort of like, uh, what do you call them? Like carriages taking people over from bus stop to bus stop over the bridge. Yeah. 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 Well, that's the that's the problem because there's a bus a scheduled bus service that went used to go over there, and now that's cut in two. And um, a lot of people complain. A lot of people that live in Barnes complain that it's um, the shops in Barnes are all quite small and pricey. So if you want to come over and actually, if you want to shop in a larger shop that's cheaper, Hammersmith is the nearest place, or that's where people used to come. So, and I think there's no bank branch in Barnes either. So if you if you bank at a branch or you need to used to come over to Hammersmith. So you do need something to connect that bus service, particularly for people with, you know, older people or people with mobility problems. But the answer is obviously a kind of e-pedicab thing. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So you think then, obviously you've been a, re- a Hammersmith resident for a while now, it's been closed for five years. Yeah. This is never opening for motorised vehicles again. I would say that. I would say it's... Well, 
there's a triangle of things, right? So there's the civil, there's a structure of the bridge in one corner, there's the cost in the other corner, and then there's the sort of political will in the other corner. And I, I don't think that the cost and the political will equal the equal the the civil engineering challenge. I don't think I don't think either the politicians or are up for it, and I don't think they'll stump up the money. So I just think it won't happen. It's not unequal, equal, equal, like I would say it. <laughs> triangle. Yeah, no, it's not. It definitely isn't. Okay. The forces are not equal. Well, I'm, I'm glad they've opened the cyclists, and I'm going to cycle over it because it was a pain walking over that, especially with yeah. cleats on. I don't know about oh. you, but I've nearly, I've nearly slipped over two or three times walking over that bridge with my bike. Yeah. It's a slippy surface. Well, nobody wants to walk their bike, do they? But the, the, yeah. um, the. They've they 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 have tried really hard to make it the most joyless experience by putting this kind of barriers up all the way to the bridge. So you go down this kind of narrow tunnel, and then it opens up a bit when you go on the bridge. But there are about a million cones. In fact, I think in fact there's two hundred and fifty million cones on <laughs> marking out the bike lane across the bridge at the moment. There's an insane number of cones because they I think they still want to send out a very strong message to the driving public of west and southwest london that they're still serious about doing all the work but it's just not going to happen i think in a, a rather surprisingly informative segment of this uh podcast we have uh, we stumbled into pendo's policy parlor i think uh, there we? you are yeah we, it, we might have done you know, that. i think the, uh, all roads lead to pendo's policy parlor. yes i think that's, mm. I think that's what we've done there yeah it, it, very factually based an engineering lesson as well i think uh, yeah I gained well, there, so very good. Well, it's history, the history in there. There was yeah, history, history, a little bit of politics. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've got a question. Yeah. Before. Well, Loz first. Oh, I'll open it up. Mm. What's your least favourite London bridge to cycle over? Ooh. Oh, I, I've got an answer to this. Well, a few of them have changed over the years to to put put some cycling infrastructure on them, yeah. so it's actually made them better. I would actually put up there at the moment, and I went over it recently having not gone over it very recently tower bridge yeah because there's no room they've really slowed it they slowed the traffic down but then you've also got a really weird surface and so actually you as a cyclist can't quite go you know there's no gap for you to sort of undertake safely necessarily and you can't really go down the middle very well either and so it really makes the whole thing quite quite awkward for everybody good shout andy ah battersea yeah, that's that's in my top two. It's a horror, absolute horror. But don't you have a cycle lane? There is a cycle lane, isn't yeah. there? No, no. The cycle, there is a, there is the on the south side, but then it disappears as you get onto the bridge. That's right. Yeah, and it's really narrow. And what you find is that you know cars, you know, typically though some that'll be further to the left, and mm. some that are sort of more to the centre of the road, yeah. and it's just hard to get through. And of course, there's lots of buses going across that bridge too. So, yeah, there's not enough room. But I was going to add in Albert as well. Albert Bridge. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because the car, it's got those two little narrow entry points, isn't it? So cars always really pause to get onto Albert Bridge. So you go and you, you have to come out of your cleats unless you're one of those expert riders who can hover, you know, and wait yeah. for the car to go through. Yeah. It's always a bit of a pain. Both of on, those. Matt, but, oh, no, but... Matt's got to give his. Come on, Matt. Well, Matt doesn't live. Matt doesn't live anywhere near a bridge. Does he? Oh, no, no, my neither no, well, do you. No, I, well, I, I actually, Al, uh, Albert, don't like that. That's one that should be closed yeah. to cars. To be honest, I think that's a cycling only bridge and walking only. Tower Bridge, awful. But I'll throw in Southwark because Southwark is a bit of Peyton Ooh. Hope. 
And then they put in sort of concrete blocks there years ago, and it's just messy. And it's uh, it's two lanes yeah. on one side, one on the other, and it, and a lot of buses over that one. I do not like that. I don't like that. Don't like that bridge much anyway. But it's a bit messy. Yeah. And then you come down to some well, quite difficult traffic lights on the on the far on the southbound the south side. So I don't like that. But I think Tower Bridge has got to be the worst. I think really. I suppose it begs the question: Is there a good bridge? Because I think all the crossings over aren't great, well, are they? Really? Uh, Westminster Bridge. Uh, no, sorry, Vauxhall Bridge has got has got the. That's be- that had a massive line. change, didn't it? Vauxhall's yeah, yeah. the best, probably. Yeah. But Black even the then, it's I have, not... I have the thing is, I have met a car. <laughs> I've got it. A car was trying to drive down it. Really? Cycling down it. Yep. Brilliant. Went across the traffic light. So I was sort of turning right off, um, what's the road down there? Off the South Bank. Mm. And then you, you yeah. sort of turn right. And then I'm just going across the bridge. And a car was turning with me and decides to come down the cycle path with me. <laughs> well, and I just got to cut in front of him and just say, what the hell are you doing? That was good. Well, I used to, when I, one job, I used to turn right from the embankment south over Vauxhall Bridge every day into that bike lane, which is fine, but I've seen quite a few cars nearly, I've never seen one actually go down it, but I've seen quite a few cars nearly turn down it. Thinking um, that it's another lane. That they thinking it's another lane, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But um, Blackfriars, for similar reasons, I mean, it's got a two-way bike lane on the on the. Kind it's better, yeah, Blackfriars, and again, because of the way that joins up with, with the, the cycling routes on the north side, then it, then it works. But even ones yeah. where, I mean, I go over Waterloo every day, and that's got a dedicated cycle bit, and which makes it good. But then they, I can't remember when they did it, after some, obviously, terrorist incident, they introduced these sort of bollards at the end. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which are that just... Was the, that they, was after the Westminster, yeah. the Westminster Bridge attack. And I have, they are horrendous, because yeah. if you don't realise it, and you you cycle across in the in the evening, you get to that point and it's coming downhill on the one side, and you you can just suddenly forget and and it, they're not lit up in any way. <laughs> so it's like yeah. I, I'm so surprised more people don't just plow. But they're made major pinch points as well. Yeah, You've got two right, or three man. people side. So they're right, not very good at all. No. Yeah, and they are big pieces of concrete as well. If you hit that, that they ain't moving. And also, as you say, Lars, people get a bit of a pace up on that bridge going down. Yep. They do. It's a pacey bridge. Yep. I, I've been a pedestrian that a few times recently, and I've always thought that's an accident waiting to happen. Especially as well to add to the mix, you've got loads of people taking the uh, loads of tourists taking pictures because you can. Mm. There's an angle through you can you can see yeah. the London Eye, and then you can see Big Ben through the London Eye. And actually, just I mean, coming down, when you're coming from north to south, just as you're going down that hill, yeah. where's the bus stop? Just after the bollards. Yeah. So the bus is cut right across to get to the bus stop. Yeah. That, that, they'll, they'll have to change. I agree. I was thinking that that is an accident waiting to happen. Anyway, I was going to say, I think it's Chelsea Bridge by Battersea Park. That's not too bad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think that's it's been... an ugly. It's an ugly bridge, though, Chelsea Bridge. Let's be honest. Horrid. Horrid. Really ugly bridge. Poor architecture when you get to the south side as well. Yeah. Really bad. Can I, uh, can I move us on from... Uh, areas of london we've done brixton we've done hammersmith and various bridges can i widen our geography yeah psychogeography over so we can actually talk about some uh bicycle racing since we last recorded yeah so last time we chatted we did uh there's been tour of colombia volta algarve tour of provence uae tour tour of oman Ruta del Sol, which i think went down from five stages to one stage tour de alpe maritime 
and many, many others. And we're only a week, well, less than a week away from the omelette. So oh, yeah. has, uh, has anybody actually watched any bike racing in yes. the last two weeks? Yes. I watched some this afternoon after I'd watched the football. I was out of the bath at the time. <laughs> <laughs> this was safe cycling watching, was it? Yeah, it was, yeah. While I was cooking uh, Rufus's tea. Oh, is it by the cooker? Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> where can I have it? Is there really where I can put it to watch it? Are you um, going to tell us about what you watched? Yes, I watched the I watched uh, on demand last stage of the um, uh, the Algarve race, and it was uh, it was a good stage, really good stage, nice uphill finish. I mean, it's the classic uphill finish. It's not a race I'm very familiar with, but you know, high caliber riders. Pitters came in third. It was won by um, Remco, of course. Overall, was won by Remco. Didn't win the final stage. Got pit for the post. Yeah. Um, Wout, Gout, Gout was in it. Bet with the young EF lad from Ireland, what's his name? He was in it. That was a good field. It was like actually watching proper cycling again. It was really good. Sunshine, green leaves on trees, beautiful. How was Remco looking? He looked really good. And he got pipped by Martinez, who was at uh, Ineos last year, wasn't he? And he is now at... Come on, help me out, guys. Anyway, Martinez pipped him to the post. Um for the win, and really strong, actually. But yeah, Remco was kind of just not. I don't think he was that bothered. Is it EF? Really one, isn't it? Yeah. No, he came from EF to did he to Ineos, and then he's moved from Ineos somewhere else. Good rider, I think. Um, what's the name? Do you know what? I I, I tried to have a dip in. Uh, there's too many riot, too many races with names I've not heard of, and then some of the ones you start watching, you're just thinking, well, who is in this race? So yeah, there have, there've been a lot, but I just haven't really got my head screwed onto watching it yet. I can't, you know, watching people in nice weather is not nice when I'm still in February and it's cold and crappy and rainy here. So I'm waiting for the, uh, I'm waiting for next week. I'll start j- watching properly next week. The trouble is, I think so. One or two of them, the name massively overpromised because um, Alp Maritime Duval, which beautiful cycling around there, you know, sort of the Nice area and so on, all all over the kind of Cordiches and the cliffs of, they just did a circuit around Arles or something. It was really flat as well. Mm. So it was kind of not really the whole region. It was just a bit, two stages, I think, didn't it? Both pat, both flat, both boring. Hardly anybody I knew in them. Stu, did you consume all of, all of the Tour of Amman or uh, the UAE Tour? Um, I know you're a big fan of the desert classics. Uh, yeah, down to that, Matthew. I mean, <laughs> the only racing I've seen is my daughter on Tooting Common. She has got a new bike, so um, yeah, that's oh. nice. Oh, hold so, on, you can't just move on from that. Talk us through the purchasing process for a new yeah, bike. Right. Was this Back from a bike shop? shop? <laughs> <laughs> oh, or was it online? No, this, you'd be very pleased to hear, was a recycled bike from one of our neighbour slash friends mm-hmm. whose son had outgrown it. And uh, he very kindly offered, do you want this bike? And I was like, do you know Do you know what? I was in the market for a new bike. And it's the right size, everything. So um, she's really pleased. I'm really pleased. Very good. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Good to recycle and re re gift. Well, good to know that your children are actually on a bike. I can never get my kids to go anywhere near their bikes at the moment. Yeah, I mean, my eldest. I mean, she's she's too busy 
probably revising them. I don't think she's been on the bike for a while, but the other two still use them. You know, my youngest wants to cycle to school, but she's only six, and it's I think it's a little bit hairy. So um, yeah. we'll see about that. No, no, no race watching for me. Sorry. No, me. Well, no, me neither, Stu. Actually, to be to be fair, and a bit like Loz on this, really, I can't get my head around stage racing until you know at least mm. springtime. Mm. It just I know why they have to do it. They have to do these you know pre- these um, races to prepare for it. But I just can't get my head around them. So I'm waiting for uh, from the on loop next week. And it all starts from then for me, really. And looking forward then, my, my mind always then flips forward to Milan San Remo. Mm. Oh, Strada Bianchi first, though. Strada Bianchi. Oh, yeah. oh, I like Strada Bianchi. I, I like Strada Bianchi, but it, it doesn't... It, mm. Beautiful. They try too Beautiful. hard when they push it. it yeah, it's, it's just great. the finish. The finish is brilliant. I love that. If, if, well, if it's a close finish going up there, it's just brilliant. Well, except it's oh. brilliant going up the hill. No, it's brilliant going up the hill into Siena. But then they've got this ridiculously short little downhill bit, which is the. I I think that always looks silly. And well, it does look silly because the cameras always miss yeah. it. <laughs> Always miss the always miss the lead, the yeah. winner coming across the line. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't think that bit going. I mean, like it's very small, isn't it? So um, Campo, isn't it, in the middle of Siena? It's very small. I'd love Beautiful to go place. and watch that. There, that would be a great. Yeah, one to go and that'd watch. be amazing. Is that another amazing. trip we're never going to do? <laughs> yeah, that's there? right. We can devote half an episode to talking yeah. about that. We can plan it all and then not. Yeah. Go. <laughs> Are we giving away a free prize for that one? Is that the yep, yep, yeah. definitely all, ex- all expense, another all expenses paid trip, <laughs> uh, all expenses paid trip as long as we go. <laughs> Otherwise, it's off. Um, yeah, no, it's just to confirm that Danny Martinez is with Bora. That's it. Yeah, well, he he looked really good. The Bora are a super strong team now, aren't they? But the 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 I would defend the Algarve race because it felt like a proper stage race. Five stages, really competitive field, you know, top riders. Uh, Van Arten, so, Remco, what, what more do you need? But the one no, question no, I'm not then. Saying, I'm not saying it wouldn't. I'm not saying I wouldn't. They're not, they look a great field. I just can't get my head around yeah. watching it. That's the only uh, thing. So one question, because it feels like there's, because I don't know, previous seasons it always feels like the attention is always on, as Matthew says, the desert, not classics. Are they classics? Um <laughs> The attention the seems to be on classic. those and then everything. But yeah. uh, this time around, just when I've dipped into it, it does feel like there is more racing at this point of the year. I don't know. It just feels like there's a lot. But what, one question I've got for you, Andy, is like from what you've seen then, are you excited to think what the season is going to behold in terms of the teams and everything? Well, look, if there's some, yeah, if there's some, um, you know, a bit like this year's premiership, there's a bit more, I think there might be a bit more competition. You know, there's a few good riders mm. coming to form. You know, Van Aert looked great, kind of faded a bit towards the end. If you've got riders like Martinez looking strong, but also, you know, Remco on good form. I mean, Remco absolutely pasted everybody else in the time trial, which is a sort of slightly concerned, including um, um, Gano, who seems to be out of form, unfortunately. But um, Pidders looked good, looked sharp, just couldn't quite. Beat the other two up the up the final bit of the climb, but he looked good. Looked Where did good, he finish? Where did he finish overall? In third place. Oh, overall, I don't know. Quite high. Be definitely in the top ten, if not in the top three or four. Yeah, quite high. I didn't actually look. I didn't actually stay long enough to see the final placings. I just knew Remco had won. I think it was either Ben Watts' name or Van Art second, and the other one of those two third. Um, 
but uh, yeah, good, good, proper race. And I think that, you know, to be honest, the problem with the desert races is that, you know, that they're just all being paid loads of money to turn up and do it, isn't it really? I mean, it's not, mm. they're not proper races. I don't feel like they are. So we're talking about Remco and, uh, and, and Wout uh, and all that. Um, there's one cyclist that we haven't mentioned that much of. And I joked in my, uh, my little Chris Morris homage earlier about the beloved Pog. And I think, Lodge, you were asking, where's he been on this podcast and where's he been generally? Well, it, it was just a question that, that, that I, we have this podcast called For the Love of Pog and we haven't talked about him very much at all. So I, I don't know, I don't know where where he is. Well, Andy, you might want to reference what races he has done just recently. Well, I haven't seen him. In all any. the ra- you've been watching all the races. I don't you? think he's so. been in any of those races. <laughs> well, I know he hasn't. I typed "Where's Pog" into a, into a browser earlier, and I got nothing. Nobody yeah. knows. What's he, what's he doing? What's he up to? Well, don't know. It's really secret. Maybe we've been talking about, oh, for the love of Pog, a bit more in that style, in that vein of the title of this podcast, rather than yeah. for the love of Pog. Oh. But um, no, I don't. I don't know. I've uh, I've not seen. Uh, what's it heard? Sight nor sound. Had what's the what's the phrase? Um, sight nor sound. Neither sight nor sound. Sight nor sound of him. Yeah, mm. uh, at all. Not even on the Twitter. Um, I don't. I don't even know what he's. Well, we think he's doing the the Giro. Don't we? No, he's confirmed for the Giro, so he's got to get out there soonish, I would think, with some maybe. stage races. But maybe, but maybe he's doing the you know a lot of training, and he's being very. We talked about this before, didn't we? About being more. He wants to race everything, but he can't race everything, can yeah. he? Because no. he wants to win it all. So maybe he's being very picky in his spring races, getting ready for the Giro. Maybe hmm. that's what it is. Yeah, he's not. He's not. I mean, I had a quick look on the start list for the Omloop next weekend and i mean probably all of the races that are going to do it aren't on on the list yet but he wasn't on the uae list at this point come back pog, pog. we are missing we're missing the pog well, I've, I've never looked at his website and i'm just looking at his website at the moment he's, oh. he's got some terrible clothing maybe i should maybe i should invite him on he's <laughs> got some terrible what well he's he, he's, he's some of his, his merch he's actually got you well, know if, tad merch is, poggy poggies if, which is nickname poggy merch probably. if he's not that busy then we could just get him on. Yeah. Get him on. We? Not doing anything. <laughs> Come on, get him on. Uh, Maybe he's have a little holiday, a little break. Yeah, get him on. Getting him on the podcast. That's my thought for today. Yeah. Has he got on his merch? Has yeah, he got, you, you missed that. Andy. I didn't miss it. I didn't miss oh, it. Two of you okay. missed that. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, go on. Talk about his stuff. I was just thinking maybe he should have helmets with a little tuft of hair sticking out. He should, shouldn't he? he or just he, sell the tuft that you can stick on. Or the tuft. Stick you can on tuft. Yeah. Pog tuft. I mean, you know, maybe we should be following him on the Instagram and just see what he's up to. Yeah. Yeah, I think maybe it's more, it's maybe more maybe of it's our, our responsibility, I yeah. think, to, uh, to yeah, make more of this. <laughs> Yeah, that's put right. The effort in. He's on a podcast now, and he's saying, "Where are those for the love of pod guys? I haven't heard of them. I've heard of them for ages. Where are they? <laughs> I haven't seen them in my feed, in my podcast feed. They disappeared. It's like they've got no listeners or something. I don't know." <laughs> Does anybody have an AOB? Stew. I, I do. Yeah, Stu. Go for it, Stew. <laughs> Go for it. <sighs> Yeah, have you seen that there's a women's freedom ride on the uh, Sunday, the 3rd, the 3rd of March? No, I did not. No, a, women, not a women's that. what? 
women's freedom right in London. On the 3rd of March? I think it's in response to their recent survey about women getting abused for being on bikes. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's hundreds of women who are trying to reach gender equality in cycling in London, having a little little, uh, ride, a protest ride from Lincoln's Inn Fields around central London. Um, I think it... I right. think it has happened before. I think they have. Um, I think there has been a women's freedom ride before. But yeah, no, it's really, it's really good. I mean, you know, anything possible really to make um, cycling feel safer for people because it's, um, you know, that's the biggest problem we still have is that particularly women, but lots of other people feel very unsafe still. So is that a closed yeah. closed road thing, or is it just a, a blocking the road thing? What is no, that? no. Yeah, I good think question. it's more of the latter. This fun, family-friendly, yeah. fully-led protest ride will start at yeah, 12. Yeah, there you are. Yeah. Good. Right. More power to that, I say. Yeah, we need Block more. Block the roads. Yeah. yeah. We may have talked about that in the last episode. It may not have made the cut, I think. I think that was when we had the technical issues when we got into feeling safe on on mm. bikes. But um, come back it is the one. big thing, though. I mean, Stu, and you're both right. This is uh, it's the biggest blocker. People just want to be able to get on the bike and not feel unsafe, just going about you know doing their normal thing or and, abused. Uh, yeah or abused yeah abused. we need that we need to stop all of that. it's ridiculous isn't it it's just ridiculous where you feel you have to dress up in ppe and suffer the consequences of idiotic people driving cars normally uh for shouting ridiculous things out the window at them yeah it's just an insane it's insane situation we've arrived at the more that uh, people do to shed light on that and to bring it to people's attention the better so uh what was that against you? 3rd of March, Freedom Ride. 3rd of March, 12.30. Now, Andy, I've got to ask you, um, mm. we've talked about this a lot on, on the podcast before, your hip. What's yes. your sort of hip-hop update? Well, the, the update is that I'm due in on uh, Monday week, the 26th of February. So, um, as I, I think I've said before, I don't know whether it was it was the victim of technical issues or whether you just cut it out because it was too dull, but I, I will be on... <laughs> I will be on the um, on the slab on the 26th, all being well. And if you're very welcome to come, I don't know if there's a public gallery, but you're very welcome to come down Central Middlesex Hospital. I, I have to be there at 7.30 in the morning. You can join me, listeners. So, um, in fact, maybe you could do a live, well, you, I think you, you should re- could do a live podcast. From... Definitely should record something of, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think as you're drifting away under the anesthetic, I mm. think that would be really, yeah, of course, all, all the hip hop news has been in. We haven't missed, I haven't got any of that out. It's all in there. It's uh, very much in demand. Well, so then listener, that is your update. Yeah. So we're scheduled for that, but of course that's when the junior doctor strike is also scheduled. So <laughs> I don't know whether that, I mean, I don't know oh, no. there's any implications. Well, I'm hoping my my main hope is that it's not a junior doctor that's going to do it because then obviously I've got I've got some other questions. <laughs> but um, you know, obviously they offer invaluable critical support for all um, you know all different aspects of what the NHS does. So, and all power to them, I say. But maybe just try and support a few orthopedic surgery um, procedures on the. 26 at central middlesex wow what about you we've have you got any got, op we've, ju- we've just well we've just got time for the for the newspaper headlines <laughs> oh, i had a feeling we'd have time for this just got time before we go just got time for the newspaper headlines uh <laughs> cavendish to sprint against racing pigeon that's in uh, that's in cycling weekly 
Uh, Brailsford admits, I never really liked cycling that much anyway. That's in the Manchester <laughs> Evening News. <laughs> and and Hammersmith Cushion Count pushes past 10,000. That's in the uh, the subscription only <laughs> Pendleton Press. Uh, for patrons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, yes, that's um, special content for subscribers. <laughs> so, should we leave it there then, chaps? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Bye-bye. 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 Bye